Good morning, everyone. How are you? Good, 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 good. A little snow on the ground out there. You know, start seeing the snow and it just, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Everywhere we go. Man, you can just keep going, right? Like just, it's the most wonderful time of the year. Now, a few weeks back, I asked this question, and the question was this, and uh, in fact, I, you know, I just realized I did not take the survey in this gathering, so how many of you would say Christmas music only after Thanksgiving? Come on, you would say only after, okay. How many of you... Just to be honest, you're already full swing into Christmas music. Come on. Come on. All right. All right. It was a pretty big, it's kind of split in this gathering. Now, first gathering, I would say this. Most people have already kicked into Christmas music. I know in the Henley household, Kasha has made us cross over into that side of life right now. And uh, she said, Jordan's coming home. I don't know if it's like a Hallmark movie in her mind, you know, like that's kind of unfolding. Jordan's coming home for, for, for Thanksgiving. And yeah, she'll come home for Christmas too, and, and she'll be here. But, but we're in that, and so like the other day, Kosh and I were driving in the van, and she brings out her stack of Christmas CDs. And uh, she has all of her own favorites and different CDs on there. And one of her favorite CDs is Avalon. It's called Joy. And uh, they have this song on there. And, uh, joy to the world, joy to the world, the Lord. Anyways, it's like, that's what I picture people kind of doing while they're singing that song. But she loves that CD. And so we're jamming out to that and, and loving the whole Christmas season and, and, uh, one of the things I recognize about the holidays, though, is this, is that the holidays really cause us to take a moment to do an inventory. We start checking off, kind of looking at things in life, looking at how the year's been, looking at how things have, are even going currently. You know, are we, on a, are we on a mountain or are we in a valley? You know, like how are things going? It causes us, the holidays, to do an inventory. And I recognize that some of us, as we do an inventory this year, maybe for you it's a hard time. Maybe the holidays brings with it some, some season um, where you're struggling with some things. Maybe for you it's a, it's a loss of a loved one. Maybe this is your first holiday season with that. I know we have some in our church who have lost a spouse this past year, and, and so the difficult season that that brings with it. I know others of you, maybe it's a, it's a parent or, or a grandparent that, that maybe you lost this past year, and so you're coming into the holiday season, there's a lot of unknown, maybe even some pain and some hurt. And can I, can I just remind you of something that, that you are not alone? In fact, if I could reiterate any one thing right in this first part of that is this, is that God has not left you. He, he hasn't he hasn't forgotten about you. He's right with you. And throughout this entire season, he'll continue to walk with you. He'll continue to be with you on your mountaintop experiences as well as your valley experiences. Even times where you feel like you're below the valley. Ever been there before? It's like, I don't feel like I'm on the mountain. I don't even feel like I'm in the valley. I feel like I'm below the ground. Like things are tough right now. Can I just tell you, God is with you even in those seasons. And when I think about the seasons and I think about the holidays and all of that, there's this word that begins to dwell up inside of me, this word of, of thanks. It's this idea of you and I actually giving thanks. In fact, back in 2016, I did a, a message around this time uh, on giving thanks, and I used an acrostic on the word give, and it stood for this. Gratitude, gratitude, invokes value easily. Gratitude invokes value easily. And what we were talking about is this idea that, that gratitude, when you and I live a grateful life, when you and I uh, live a life that's full of thanks towards others, what happens is, is that by you and I simply being a part of a culture that is thankful, we create value around us. Don't believe me? This week, be thankful in your workplace. And what will happen is, 
is you'll see the value of your workplace begin to rise because gratitude invokes value and it actually happens pretty easily. Wonder how to make your marriage a little better this week? Be thankful and have gratitude towards your spouse. Be thankful for the things they do. Be thankful for what's happening around you. And what will happen is, is that thankfulness will create value into your marriage, in your relationship with your kids. Be thankful for your kids. Pa- kids, be thankful for your parents. Be thankful for what, what they've given to you in your life. And, and what will happen is, is that gratitude will invoke value and it will actually happen easily. Because the things that we're thankful for are things that we're actually placing value on. And when we're not thankful for things, what are we doing? We're communicating they're not of much value. But the things we're thankful for are. Kasha and I, um, this past month, during Pastor Appreciation, received some cards of appreciation. And, and so for us, we would like to say thank you. Thank you for showing appreciation to us. Thank you for your kind words. Thank you for the investment you've made into our lives. There's, there's a thank you that happens there. Our daughter Jordan, when she graduated from high school last year, which is crazy to think she's here for co- you know, from college and stuff. It's good to see Chloe, she's here. I was talking to Wendy and Trevor and Wendy said, all things are right right now because Chloe is home. You know, there's, it's a different season that we're getting to experience at the same time as them. And, and it's a season where you really, you become thankful for those who are around you. You become thankful for the things that are happening. And, and Jordan, when she had done her, um, her she had gotten uh, graduation cards and all that, she wrote, hand wrote, thank you letters to everyone. I know that Chloe had done the same thing and and it's teaching this attitude of gratitude that's there into our kids and saying, it's important for you to do that. Now, now, as Henleys, we're always, it takes us a little bit longer to get our thank you cards out there and stuff like that. But man, when you're handwriting and you're taking those moments to do that, but here's what I know about gratitude. Gratitude changes cultures. Changes cultures all the time. Yesterday, we uh, had the privilege of, as a family of going up to Frankenmuth, and for us, Frankenmuth is a family tradition. We, we go up there and we get a Christmas family ornament. And so we go into Bronner's and we go through the, the store of Christmas, you know, and we, we make our way through there. And, and yesterday, as we were planning the whole day out, and we went and watched a movie in the morning, and then we, then we went to, uh, to the outlet malls that are right by Frankenmuth, and then from the outlet malls, we went to our favorite restaurant up there called Tiffany's, and we got this certain kind of pizza and this little peta, or this, this uh, feta bread stuff, and oh man, it was so good. And uh, not good for the waistline, but good for the stomach. Um, but uh, so we, we eat that, and then, and then from there we go, and we go to the cheese hoss, and we always go in there and grab some cheese, and we always take a picture in front of the dumb mouse, and then from there we go to Bronner's, and we get the family ornament, and then we have to make a two-hour drive back home, right? And so, of course, the family's all awake because it's later at night, and they're all very cheery and, you know, really excited. That's not the case but they're all asleep in the car and I get the privilege of driving home. And honestly, as I'm sitting there and I'm thinking through and processing through the day, I had leaned over to Kasha and said it was a great day. You know why? It's because I'm just, I'm thankful for family. I'm thankful for those moments. As we pulled into the house, one of the kids, I can't remember which one, but said to me, in fact, now that I think about it, I think it may have been, it was Gabe. Gabe said, uh, Dad, thanks for a great day. And it was crazy how that moment just really began to kind of bring things up. It's like it changed the whole atmosphere. I had been driving the whole time, actually watching everyone in the car sleeping. You know, it does frustrate you a little bit because I'm like, I'd like to sleep too. I mean, those self-driving cars will be fantastic. I'll be one of the first. I'll put the button. I'll hit the button. I will go to sleep. You do not have to worry. If I wake up because we crashed, it's okay. I'm going to heaven. So I'm, I am totally a-okay with that moment. So, but um, I was thankful. I was thankful for that. I was thankful for that whole moment. And, and what happened is, is that one moment of thanks that, that Gabe gave changed the whole atmosphere. I'd, I'd been a little frustrated because I was tired, driving home, all those things. <laughs> 
I tried listening to a, uh, like a podcast because I love turning the car into like a university. That's a big thing for me. So you know what? When you're on a drive, listen to stuff. Don't just listen to the garbage music. Actually, like I, I turned the car into a university. So I'm listening to podcasts and leadership stuff. And you can listen to the Bible on CD if you want to. I mean, anything. Like, just take it in. And so I was listening to this thing by Lisa uh, Turquoise. And it was this great little interview. And then the kids, you know, were like, Dad, can you turn it down? It's too loud. And I'm just like, no, shut up back there. You know, like, <laughs> I'm driving. But that one moment of thanks at the end changed the entire atmosphere. That one moment right there saying thanks changed everything. It was like, no, it was a great day. Thanks changes things. Thanks changes things. You know, the scriptures talk about this in Proverbs chapter 18. It says that um, death and life are actually in the power of the tongue. So think about that. The words you and I say bring death or they bring life. The cultures that we're creating around us many times are being created by the words that come out of our mouth. So when there's a culture of life, there's a culture of thanks, there's a culture of gratitude, what happens? We bring life to those who are around us. But when there's a negative talk and a negative filter and the words are not life-giving, what happens? Do we tear the culture down around us? Could the problem be in your workplace, not so much the culture around you, I know that's what you blame it on, but, but could it be that you have not infused life into the culture? When was the last time you said, thank you, God, for your job? Thank you for my coworker. Thank you for those who are around me. Thank you for my family. Thank you for this church. Thank you for the people I get to do church with, that I do get to do life with. Thank you, God, for this building. Thank you for your provision, God. Thank you. So many things that we can be thankful for. In fact, here's what I want you to do. I want you to look at the neighbor, your person who's around you right now, and I just want you to look at them and say, thanks for being here next to me or by me. Come on, now you gotta say it. Some of you aren't saying it. You're like, but I'll be lying, Pastor Brian. You know what's interesting about that moment right there, and this is what I just kind of got to see from being up here, is a lot of your faces before that were more like this. <laughs> and then I said, look at the person by you and say, thanks for being by me. And you know what happened? The culture around you began to change. All of a sudden, faces that were a little frowny got smiles on them. There was a little giggle across the room. Like, things began to change. It went from being really solemn to this, you know, kind of cheerful moment. Why? Because our words matter. Because one moment, one word that's spoken over a situation can bring either death or life. I love how the Apostle Paul says it when he talks about giving thanks. He actually says, in all things, all circumstances, Give thanks in all circumstances. Now, I think for many of us, what has happened in our lives is we have developed some bad habits. And one of the bad habits is, is we only say thanks when only good things are happening. It's like, okay, if someone blessed me, okay, someone today, you know, bless my life, then I give thanks for that. If the food was good, then I give thanks for that. If, uh, if, if, if my, my family was good at home, then I'll give thanks for that. Only when things are good. But what Paul reminds us about is Paul actually says you and I are to give thanks in some situations. No. In some circumstances. No. You got that at least the last word right, Pastor Brian. No, no, no. It's all circumstances. So that means actually the good as well as what? The bad. The good and the bad. And some of us, 
what has happened is, is we have been living life through the filter of only giving thanks for when things are good, and then we don't live a very thankful life. But what would happen to our culture around us that would change is if we actually gave thanks in all circumstances. Hey God, today I'm thanking you. God, I'm thanking you for those who are around me. I'm thanking you for my job. Sometimes you do have to dig a little deep to get something to be thankful for. It's funny, first guy that I said, you know what? If you're here this morning, you drove to church. You should be thankful for a vehicle. And someone immediately goes, I walked. <laughs> and I was like, so immediately I just was like, you should be thankful you had legs to walk on. <laughs> right? Like, why can our heart not be a heart that immediately responds with thankfulness? God, thank you for the legs that you've given me. Thank you, God, for the vehicle I drove in. Thank you, God, for what's happening in my life. But instead, what happens is, is we're so focused on what we don't have that we think that the only time we can be thankful is if things are all going great. But guess what? Life does not work that way all the time. In fact... Sometimes life brings challenges. Sometimes marriage hits a rocky place. Can I just challenge you? Even when your marriage is struggling, give thanks. Maybe sickness hits your home. Maybe a bad doctor's report happens. Can I just tell you, give thanks. Maybe finances are tight. I'm talking much tighter than your pants are gonna be after Thanksgiving this next week. I'm talking tight. Things are tight. Give thanks. Give thanks. Your kids don't listen or they're pressing the envelope. Can I just tell you, give thanks. You and I are to give thanks in all circumstances, in all times, in all seasons. Difficulties are not just meant to be roadblocks to life. God actually wants to use the difficulties and the challenges to transform you and I, to make us more like him, to realize that it's not just about running through the fields with tulips, but sometimes there's actually some valleys you gotta walk through. The difference is, is when you walk through a valley, you and I as believers, as followers of Jesus, are not walking through those valleys alone. And you can give thanks for that. I'm thankful for my wife. I'm thankful for my kids. I'm thankful for how Kasha is such a great mother to our children. Now, is she perfect? No. But is she a great mother? Yes. I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful that she loves them unconditionally. I'm thankful that my kids love her. Is our home perfect? No. Do we have struggles? Yes. Do we have rough times in our marriage? Yes. Sometimes she doesn't like me. I don't understand it. But sometimes she doesn't. Sometimes I don't say the right words. Sometimes I don't do the right things. Sometimes I make mistakes. But in the midst of that, the one thing that I can always say is I'm thankful for her as well as I know she's thankful for me. And ultimately, sometimes we just have to look for the fact that we can be thankful for who God is because people will let you down. Sometimes people let you down. In the midst of people letting you down, you and I have to develop an attitude of gratitude. And you know what that happens? That attitude of gratitude begins to develop as we walk through struggles, as we walk through hard times. It's much like in nature, like a caterpillar who actually is turning into a butterfly. It's natural for that caterpillar to go through a dark season, a, a time where it doesn't feel like things are all falling into place, to go through a struggle, but it's in the struggle and in that experience where really something is happening, a personal transformation is happening that actually nurtures and be, begins to turn into something that's amazing. And in our lives, when we are living lives of thankfulness and gratitude, what's happening is a spiritual maturity is growing inside of us, especially when our life is full of challenges. Because what happens is, is a heart of gratitude takes work. And what happens is, is when you and I will actually put the work in, what will happen is, is the environments and culture around us will begin to change. Here's what I've seen is that gratitude produces something greater in you. 
and something greater in others. Isn't that so good? Like gratitude produces something greater in you as well as something greater in others. There are others around you who, when you and I live a life that's gratitude or is uh, thankful, what will happen is, is others around us will begin to be thankful. You may say, well, no one in my work appreciates me. No one ever says I do a good job. Can I just say, you be the one to thank everyone around you. And what may happen is, I can't promise it, but what may happen is you may begin to change the culture around you. And what may happen is they may be thankful for you. Because someone has to model it. And someone has to lead. And guess what? I think as Christians, as followers of Jesus, that's what you and I are called to do. We are called to lead in our community. Lead in our workplaces. Pastor Brian, I just, I just come in and collect a paycheck. See, that's the problem. It's not about collecting a paycheck. It's about making a difference. If life is about a paycheck, if life is about just getting more of more and more, then guess what? You're right. It is depressive. But if life is actually about making an impact on those who are around us and realizing that God has placed us in certain cultures and environments to actually be a difference changer, to be someone who makes a difference around you, then guess what happens is is when you and I live lives that are filled with thankfulness and gratitude, we change the culture around us. I love what the psalmist declared in Psalms 104. He said this, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. James said it this way. He said, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. See, our thank you list to God should be endless. And really, the way that that begins to show is in our worship. Do you know, every week you have an opportunity to say thanks to God. Every week you have an opportunity to show worship. Mean, that's what worship is. Now, worship isn't just the songs we sing. It's the lifestyle. It's, it's who we are outside of this. But one expression of worship is when we come corporately together and we sing. So when we come to the Lord and we're in worship and it's like this. Don't like this song. I thought they fixed the sound in here. Mm. That's not being very thankful. You think God's up there looking down and being like, oh man, thanks. Thanks for showing your love for me. Your love. But when you see a young person who's down here is worshiping, listen, you may say, I can't worship like the young people. I can't dance around. Then sit in your seat and do this. I, I don't... Let your heart express a heart of gratitude. You know how many times I come into the worship moment and it's not that I'm sitting there like, oh man, like I feel so fantastic. I just feel like I just just wanna sit here and worship God forever. Sometimes I come in and I'm exhausted. Sometimes I come in, not only am I exhausted, but I've had a bad day, bad week. It's bad enough because I'm a pastor and I'm coming in. But you know what happens in those moments? It's like if I'll just turn my heart and say, God, I thank you for who you are. Come on, just just for who you are. It doesn't matter what my week was like. It doesn't matter whether Kasha and I got along. It doesn't matter whether my kids got along with me. It doesn't matter whether my staff liked me this week. It doesn't matter if anyone in the church likes me this week. God, I'm just going to be thankful for who you are. And so I'm going to give you my praise. Give my praise on It's like Paul says it this way, thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Come on, God's love for us is an indescribable gift. So we've been looking at the letters and the words of Jesus throughout the scriptures. I just wanna share with you this morning three simple moments where Jesus expresses this heart of gratitude, this, this models for us this idea of thankfulness and It's in these three moments where we see that giving is really more than just a small prayer that we chant before receiving a meal, but actually gratitude is actually, it's the way you and I live. It's what happens in our lives beyond just a meal moment. We've all been in a meal and someone will be sitting there and we kind of look for each other, you know, and it's like if someone starts eating before the prayer's been prayed, you're like, dude, what a heathen, you know, you know what I'm talking about? Um, 
Or you're sitting there, you're waiting for other people, and you're like, dude, come on, let's get this thing going, I'm hungry. Um, you can always tell when I'm hungry because, like, the food comes, and I'm like, okay, let's pray. Jesus, we thank you for this food. It's like, boom, I'm in it. But you know what I can say is gratitude and thanks is so much more than just a small prayer. It is how you and I live our lives, and it's in how we live our lives as to whether the culture around us is influenced in a positive or negative. Because remember, in the tongue is life and death. So we can bring life to the situation or we can bring death. Three things that we see Jesus in the scriptures really kind of unfolding for us that you and I can be thankful for. And Jesus actually models this. This is what I love so much about the word is that Jesus models it for us. And the first is this, you can write this in your notes, is you and I can be thanks for listening. Like we can go to the Lord and we can say, God, thank you for listening. Because here's what I can tell you, in every season and in every moment, he's listening. Think about that for a second. The creator of heaven and earth is listening to your prayer. 24-7. Doesn't matter what time of day. It doesn't matter where. It doesn't matter the, doesn't matter the moment. Anytime he is listening, you and I have something to be thankful for. We can be thankful that God is always listening. And Jesus models it for us. In John chapter 11, we see this moment where, where Lazarus has actually, uh, a friend of Jesus's has passed away. He's been dead for four days. His family and friends are like, Jesus, you're too late. Lazarus is gone. It's not good. If you had only been here. And I love what Jesus, because he, he arrives on the scene and and it says this, it says in John chapter 11, verse 41, it says, so they take the stone away. So they take the stone away. This is where, so Lazarus has been in there. He's been in this tomb for four days, dead. He's wrapped in linen cloth. It says, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you. Now here's what's interesting, is each one of these passages we're gonna look at with Jesus, these three different ones, the miracle happens after the thanks. So Jesus models for us that we thank him before the miracle ever happens. Before the miracle ever happens, Jesus already says to the Father, he says, thank you. Why? That you've heard me. Jesus is saying to the Father, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to my prayer. Thank you for listening to the needs that are going on around me. Thank you, God, for listening to what is happening. See, you and I can be thankful that God is always listening. Now, I know some of us, we're going through some hard times. In fact, maybe today you just need to be reminded of this simple truth. God hears you. He hears your prayers. He's on the scene. He hasn't taken a break. And here's the, here's the awesome thing. If you and I would recognize and realize that God is listening, then that means this, is that your next breakthrough is just around the corner. After you give thanks. That would mean your next level is just around the corner after you give thanks. Your next miracle, after you give thanks. Your next blessing, after you give thanks. It could be that you and I would just recognize, God, I know that you're listening. And God, I know who you are, and I know that you're faithful, so God, right now, I just say thanks. Thank you for listening. And it would be in that moment of giving thanks that it would open the door for that blessing, that miracle to take place in your life. He said thanks well before the miracle had ever happened. Why? Because he knows the character of the Father. And you know what the scriptures is? Is it's a character reference on God. You want to know about the character of who God is? Just look at the reference. There's a whole 
There's a, there's a whole book full of a character reference on who God is. You'll get to see how he interacts with his people. You'll get to see moments where he takes care of his kids. And you'll get to see moments where actually his kids walk through some hard times because of rebellion, because of selfishness, because of pride, because of their own garbage in their life. So you get to see that. And you'll still get to see the character of God who still, even in those moments, loves his kids who still even in those moments gives a second and third and fourth and fifth and hundredth and millionth chance. See, some of us need to start thanking God right now. Because some of you have been saying, I don't have anything to be thankful for. Can I just remind you, you do? Thank God for listening to you. Oh, I'll just thank him later. No, 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 thank him now. You may be sitting there right in your seat and what you need to say, you need to come out of your mouth. God, thank you for listening to me. The psalmist David put it this way. He said, I love the Lord because he has heard my voice and my pleas for mercy. A few verses uh, before that, it says this in Psalm 66. It says, but truly God has listened and he has attended to the voice of my prayer. God is listening. He's listening to your prayers. He's listening to you in those moments. God said this in Jeremiah 33, 3, it says, um, call on me and I will answer you, tell you the great and unsearchable things that you do not know. Listen, God is listening. And you and I have to stop and take a moment and say thanks for listening. Jesus models that for us. The second thing Jesus models for us is, is, is a heart of saying thanks for provision. <laughs> thanks for provision. It's interesting, in John 6, verse 11, a passage of scripture that's probably familiar by many of us, the feeding of the 5,000. But it's interesting because as you look at this feeding of the 5,000, the miracle where he takes five loaves, two fish, and feeds over 5,000 men and women and children, and you see this miracle unfold in that, and you may sit there and go, man, how does that miracle even unfold? Remember, it starts with Jesus doing what? Giving thanks. It says, then Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to those who were seated, so also the fish. And look, look, look what's underlined here. It says, as much as they wanted. God's provision was greater than what they even wanted. And can I just tell you, God is a faithful God who will provide exceedingly, abundantly, more than you could ever imagine or guess or request beyond your wildest dreams. And he does it not by pushing you around, but actually by his spirit deeply and gently working inside of you. You and I can thank him for his provision. His provision is there for us. Listen, this, there's, that, there's that old saying that says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Can I just tell you, then say so. Come on, you need to say so. Has God blessed your life? Yes, then say so. Start telling people who are around you. Start say-sowing. Say so to say so. Say it to other people around you. The praise report every week. What is that moment? It's a moment of people saying so. God has blessed me. He has provided for me in my life. And we know this, that by the word of their testimony, they overcame. That means you and I got to start saying it to others around us. Stop saying the negative stuff that brings death and start saying the things that bring life. Start thanking God for his provision. That's a good time for you to say amen or get excited or something. You guys alive today? I thought I was preaching to the 11 o'clock gathering. The ones who had a chance to sleep in. Come on, Wendy, give me something. It's interesting when you think about thanks for provision. You know, every month, every month, we're saying thanks to people who are around us. In fact, in fact I'll just pick on one for a minute. Your electric company. Do you know every month you say thank you to the electric company? They are so nice to you. Every month, the electric company sends you a little note that you get to say thanks for the electricity by sending them a gift. Every month. And you know, every month they send you that reminder to say thanks. And you get to write the check. This last month I wrote a check to Consumers Energy for like $175. And I just sat there and wrote that. Actually, I did not. I typed it out on online banking. 
$175. I was thankful to send them that. Why? Why was I thankful? Because they provided me with electricity. And you know that without electricity, my life would be very, very different. Because if I didn't have electricity, well, I'd be in trouble. I couldn't watch Sports Center. And I'm not even that big of a sports guy, but I do like watching it, so I have something to talk with men about. That really is why I watch it, so I can talk with other guys about it. That's straight up. I, I mean, I'd rather go play sports than talk about them, but hey, it's all right. I understand. So without electricity, I would, I, it, life would be very different, so I'm thankful every month. But here, here's, here's what I want to just draw attention to, and that is this, is that I think many of us are very thankful. Well, we're thankful to other things before we're thankful to God. And you know how I know it? It's because every month we write the thankful checks to everyone else, and then when it gets down to the end, we maybe show a little thankfulness to God or maybe not. And you can sit here and talk about tithe and offering and all that stuff. Can I just say, let's just live lives that are thankful. I don't even need to sit here and argue with you about how the scriptures talks about 10%. Kasha and I talk about this all the time. We think 10% is a minimum. Just, I just, we just believe that in our heart and our life. So we, we live a life that actually lives above and beyond that. We think 10% is just, it's, just, it's like a moment. That's just walking in obedience. But you know what I want to live? I want to live a life of generosity. And you know what? I believe in the church, and I believe in what God's doing, and I believe people's lives are changed each and every week, and I believe that the, as the church continues to move forward, that we have influence in our culture and influence in our community, and I think it's good ground to sow seed into. And so guess what? We're constantly sowing seed, not just out of obedience, but actually out of a grateful and thankful heart. We do that. And so what happens is, is that for some of us, well, let's just, just think about it this way. Like, when the electric company, when you don't say thanks to the electric company, what do they do? They shut the power off. And you know what? I think this is part of the challenge is that, is we know that God is much more gracious than the utility company. And so we say thanks to them first because we know God will be gracious to us. And we justify our thanks. God knows my heart. He knows where I'm at. And can I just remind you of something? <laughs> this is good right here. This is so good. Sometimes, like in my notes, I'm like, man, that's good. See, when you get the past due notice from a uh, the electric company saying, hey, things are past due and this is what's gonna happen. The past due notice maybe for us, maybe is because we in our lives have not been living lives of thankfulness towards the Lord with one area in our lives and that is our finances. And so maybe we're pretty past due there and maybe that's the reason why we ain't got no power. We sit here and go, God, why, aren't, why are my prayers being answered? Why isn't this happening? It's like, well, you've, been, you've been past due for a long time. Well, Pastor Brian, I didn't think it was about works. I'm not talking about works here. I'm not talking about earning it. No, it's, it's just a principle that's in play in our lives. We need to live lives that are thankful and living lives that are gratitude. Malachi chapter 3, verse 10 says this, and I love this. It says, bring the full tithe in the storehouse that there may be food in my house and thereby put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts. And then listen to this, listen to this. This is so good. Because then he says, see not. One translation says, see not if I will not open up the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there is no more need. Come on, like, that's God saying, listen, if you'll live a life of thankfulness, if you'll live a life of gratitude, if you'll begin to change the culture around you, what will happen is, is I can't help it but open up the flood house, to open up the storehouse, to say, you know what, here come the blessings. Here's what God's going to do for you in your life. And I'm telling you, we, I, I, 
And I'm not bragging on us. Honestly, it's not that. I just, we just can't help but experience God's blessing in our lives. So, so our microwave died. <laughs> died. Which is horrible when you have teenage boys. And so it's so funny because Josiah, Josiah had said to us, he said, Dad, he's like, um, we got to get a microwave. And then we finally got a microwave, and he was like, oh, Dad, I'm so glad we got a microwave. And I was like, why? He's like, I was so worried. How are we going to reheat Thanksgiving, you know, leftovers and everything? Like, like in his mind, it was like this horrible thing that, like, how are we going to do that? And, and you, you know you're a Henley because Jordan gets off the plane and comes in and, and she finds out we got a microwave and she's like, oh man, man, I'm so glad dad you got the microwave because I was worried about the Thanksgiving dinner leftovers, how we were going to reheat them. She was thinking the same thing and so was I. And so we got a, <laughs> so was I. You're a Henley when you know that. And so, so Kasha and I had been looking and microwaves are expensive and there's a price range that goes anywhere from $200, it seems like, for the ones over the, the, the stove to like really expensive. And so Kasha and I had been looking and the other day on Thursday, we had gone for an ordination interview and so I was there at that. And then we were driving by and there was a Best Buy and honestly, I'm telling you, I just felt like the Holy Spirit said, Brian, go to Best Buy and look for a microwave. And I know maybe the Lord doesn't talk to you that way, but he did to me. And I said to Kasha, I said, I want to stop by Best Buy, did I not, and look for a microwave. And she's like, okay. And uh, so I went into, went into Best Buy. She stayed in the car. She thinks that if she stays in the car, that'll make it quicker. And um, so I went in, and I was, just, I was just there to look. And so I went in, and all of a sudden I see these open box uh, microwaves. And uh, the first one, I'm like, nah. And then I was like, what about that one down there? And the guy's like looking at, he's like, it's $240, $49. And I'm like, oh, that's a good price. I wonder what brand it is. And then he starts looking at it and everything. And he's like, oh, this is a nice microwave. And I'm like, well, what's wrong with it? He's like, I don't know. So he's looking at the thing. It says minor scratches on it. And I'm like, I can deal with minor scratches. $249? I said, how much is this thing normally? $675. $675, or $245, $49, man, I gotta get my numbers right. They're not on my note. But $249, okay? So I, I look at the thing and I'm like, okay, well, let's, let's, I mean, let's see where the scratches are. And we go and we open up the box. It's brand new. And the guy's like, this is like brand new. And I'm like, it does look brand new, doesn't it? We open it up and he's like, it's still got the wrapping all over it. I mean, like, this thing's brand new. And I'm like, but what's it marked? He's like, it's marked open box. The box is open. But he's like, I don't think this thing's ever been used. And I'm like, so is it still $249? He said, yes. I said, sold. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, really? I'm like, yeah, I want that. It was a Bosch microwave. I mean, seriously, like, I got this nice Bosch microwave. I would never spend $675. Well, I don't know. It's Thanksgiving, so maybe... But here's what I'm trying to say. God blesses his people who live out lives of not only obedience in their finances, but also lives of gratitude. Are we perfect? No. But have we continued to see God's blessing in our life? Yes. Does God provide microwaves for literally half of the cost for us? Yes. Does he do that kind of stuff all the time? No. I know we like to say yes. Yes, every time he does that. In fact, every time I go to buy a car, you need to bring me because I always get them for half off because I have God's blessing. No, it does not always happen that way, okay? But here's what you and I need to remember. Whether it happens or not, we're still thankful because we're thankful in all circumstances. It's not pie in the sky. Does God always do that? No, it doesn't always work that way, but sometimes it does, and when it does, it's really cool. The third is this, is we need to thank God for salvation. Man, this is probably the biggest one right here. Thank God for salvation. 
I love how Jesus puts this in Luke chapter 22. It says this, and he took a cup and when he had given thanks, notice this, given thanks, he said, take this and divide it among yourselves. For I tell you that from now on, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And then it says this, and he took the bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Two moments where Jesus takes ordinary things and makes them extraordinary and gives thanks for them. It's interesting that God would take ordinary things and actually give thanks for the ordinary things that he was actually getting ready to make extraordinary. See, sometimes we only want to thank God for the good things, all the big things, the extraordinary things, but I think many times what God's looking for is people who will be thankful for the simple, ordinary, everyday things. God, thank you for the air that I'm breathing today. Thank you that I'm able to stand on the stage in front of everybody. Thank you that I'm able to communicate your word. Thankful for the simple things. And what Jesus is reminding each and every one of us about is this, is that we need to give thanks for the thing that literally has changed our lives. What did his body represent? What did the cup represent? The bread and the cup represented his body that was broken for us and his blood that was shed for us. That's salvation. And what God is reminding us about today is you and I need to be thankful for salvation. Your life's been changed. I mean, thankful that he's listening, thankful for his provision, but thankful for salvation. Thanks for salvation, God. Thanks for that. Thank you for what you've done in my life. And Jesus models this attitude of gratitude. He says, thank you, God. Thank you for your provision. Thank you for listening. And thank you for salvation. In Luke 17, there's 10 lepers who encounter Jesus. And one of them comes back and actually thanks Jesus after all of them had received their healing. Jesus said, hey, go tell the priest and then come back. But only one returns. And Jesus says this to him. He says, Rise and go your way, for your faith has made you well. What was his faith? His faith was simply a heart of gratitude. God, thank you for healing me. I've been a leper and been on the outskirts for so long, and yet one encounter with you changed everything. Thank you for that encounter that changed my life. And it's through that one encounter that everything changes, and, and, and all he can do is come back and say thanks. And what Jesus says to him is, because of your thankfulness, because of your faith, you are made well, now go. And I wonder how many of us today, the Father's looking down at us and he's saying, listen, if you'll live a life of thankfulness, a life of gratitude, the cultures around you will change. Your marriage will get better. Your relationships with your friends, your coworkers will get better. Just, be, just live a thankful heart, have a thankful heart. Your community here at church will get better. See, in our church, thanks is needed. In our relationships, thanks is needed. In our approach towards the Father, thanks is needed. In our homes, thanks is needed. In our workplaces, thanks is needed. And when we give thanks and when we live lives of thanks, what happens is, is that we can then say, God, thank you for salvation. Thank you for provision. Thank you for listening. And it's in those moments of thanking him that what happens is, is the culture around us begins to change. We've been soaping in Colossians, and it says this in Colossians chapter 2. It says, so then just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in faith as you were taught. And then look at this, overflowing with what? With thankfulness. Overflowing. Like it just comes out of you. Like people are literally like, man, like there's something different about you. Yeah, it's just thankfulness. It's just flowing out. Like it's an overflow in my life. People are looking at me and going, man, why are you so cheery? Why is life so good for you right now? Man, it's just I live a life of thankfulness. I live a life of gratitude. I'm thankful for those who are around us. Now, I don't do this perfect, but we need to live lives where we are showing thanks to others who are around us. And a few verses later, in Colossians, in verse 16, it actually says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your heart. 
And whatever you do, in word or deed, in everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. You and I are to live lives of thankfulness. Thanking him for listening. Thanking him for provision. And thanking him for salvation. If you would join me this morning in prayer, close your eyes for a moment. I have a simple question today. How's the culture around you? Are we living lives of gratefulness and thankfulness to where literally people around us are being changed? You and I can be thankful for the fact that the Father is always listening. We can be thankful for his provision and we can be thankful for salvation. The interesting thing about salvation is is it's a free gift that's been given to you and me, each and every one of us. It's not something that has to be earned. It's not something that if you'll do these certain things, you'll receive it. No, that's it. It's just a free gift. And there's this thing called sin that actually separates us from God. In fact, the word tells us for the wages of sin, the cost of sin is death. But then it says, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. It's only found through Jesus, not through church attendance, not through giving, not through any, anything you or I could ever muster up. It's actually just a free gift that comes through Jesus. And Jesus is reaching out to you and me right now in this room, in this time, in this season. And he's saying, listen, you can thank me for listening because I am listening. You can thank me for my provision because I have provided. And you can thank me for salvation because I have come to seek and to save that which is lost. And if today you find yourself far from God, or maybe you found yourself, maybe you've fallen away from God. Maybe for you, it's been a long time since you've been in in an atmosphere like this, and you recognize in your heart and in your spirit right now that you find yourself far from God. God wants you to know something. He's not far from you. In fact, he's as close as the mention of his name. And all you have to say right now is say, Jesus, come into my life. Change me. Change my heart. Change my perspective. And whether you're saying that for the first time or the hundredth time, God is reaching out to you and he's saying, listen, I'm a free gift. And you can thank me for salvation because I've already paid the price. If you're here this morning and you would say, you know what, that's me, Pastor Brian, I find myself far from Christ. And today I want to take that step. Today I want to take that step of saying, Jesus, be Lord of my life. Forgive me of my sins. I want that relationship that you're talking about. If that's you, whether it's for the first time or maybe it's a recommitment time, a time of you coming back to him, I just want you just real quickly just to raise your hand, just to say, that's me, Pastor Brian. I see that hand. I want you just say, I see that hand back there. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. Come on, God is just, he's reaching out to you and he's saying, listen, I'm, I'm right here with you. You're not alone in this. He loves you. He cares for you. And he wants relationship with you. Let's join with those who this morning raised their hand in this moment. And I want you to join with them in just repeating this after, after me. Would you say, Jesus, I can't do this thing on my own. I need you. Will you forgive me? Will you change my life? Today I'm taking one simple step. Thank you for changing my life, for forgiving me. In Jesus' name. Can we rejoice with the Lord with all those who raised their hand this morning?